and I welcome you to What's New. On our previous study, taken from verses 12 and 13 of Acts chapter 2, we were given the reaction of the people in Jerusalem to the coming of the Holy Spirit on the followers of Christ. Luke tells us that they were amazed and perplexed. Now today we will begin to look at the first sermon in the church age delivered by Peter. He is going to stand up and explain to those gathered there, including those that were mocking, what had just taken place. Here now are verses 14 through 21 of Acts chapter 2, and Luke writes as follows. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen, all of you visitors and residents of Jerusalem alike, some of you are saying these men are drunk. It isn't true. It's much too early for that. People don't get drunk by 9 a.m. No, what you see this morning was predicted centuries ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my Holy Spirit upon all mankind, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men dream dreams. Yes, the Holy Spirit shall come upon all all my servants, men and women alike, and they shall prophesy. And I will cause strange demonstrations in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun shall turn black and the moon blood red before that awesome day of the Lord arrives. But anyone who asks for mercy from the Lord shall have it and shall be saved. In verse 17, the passage quoted from Joel, the phrase, in the last days, the Hebrew has afterwards, or after these things. Peter interprets the passage as referring specifically to the latter days of the new covenant in contrast to the former days of the old covenant. The age of messianic fulfillment has now arrived. Now here to bring us our study is Pastor Henry Harder. 
The disciples had seen Jesus alive after he died on the cross. God had raised him from the dead. For forty days off and on he related to his disciples. Then just before he disappeared or ascended, he made a final statement in the words, You shall be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. That's his last mandate. So that's the task of every follower of the Lord from his ascension to his return. Ten days after he said those words, the disciples were gathered together in a house, and they heard a rushing wind. They saw tongues as of fire, and they spoke in languages known around the Mediterranean but unfamiliar to them. The promised Holy Spirit had come to give them power for their worldwide task. That was the practical side of Pentecost, as this day was called. There is also a theological side. What does it all mean? That's the question which the onlookers asked that Sunday in Jerusalem. What does this mean? Looking back from our perspective, we know that that day marks the beginning of the Church of Jesus Christ. During Christ's earthly ministry, his church was still future. He said on one occasion, I will build my church. Just before his ascension, Jesus said, In a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Ten days after the ascension, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus' followers. But Luke doesn't call that the baptism of the Holy Spirit. However, it must have been that. Since Peter, sometime later, reflecting back to the Acts 2 experience, said, Then I remembered what the Lord had said, that you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We know from Paul's words to the Corinthians that the baptism of the Holy Spirit places believers into the body of Christ, the church. So we are driven to the conclusion that the church as an organism began in Acts chapter 2 with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not only did it become an organism, it also immediately became an organization. It was by virtue of that fact that the church became an instrument of service. That's the corporate significance of Pentecost. The disciples became that day one body, a corporate entity. Paul said, For by one Spirit were we all baptized into one body. The age of the Spirit is also the age of the church. And the two in union, not just in cooperation, fulfill the Lord's mandate to witness to the ends of the earth. Now we come to the first Christian sermon ever preached. It was preached by the Apostle Peter to the Jews gathered, perhaps in the temple court. They had come because of what was happening to and with the followers of Jesus. Whether they heard the rushing wind or saw what appeared to be flames, we can tell from the record. In any event, a large group gathered and Peter talked to them. The purpose of Peter's sermon was to convince his hearers that Jesus was the promised Messiah whose coming was foretold in the Old Testament. If you're following in your Bible, this part of Peter's message is found in Acts chapter 2, verses 14 to 21. That's point number one in this sermon. 
Listen to his first part of this message as recorded by Luke. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who are in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter's audience was made up of Jews. Either they were Jews of the diaspora who had moved to Jerusalem from different parts of the Mediterranean world and were now residing in that city, or... They were Jews who were in Jerusalem from different parts of the Mediterranean world to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. They were religious Jews who evidently knew their Hebrew Bibles and were serious about their faith. So Peter's approach is to let the light of their Bible shine on Jesus and on this Pentecost phenomenon. These Jews had asked, what does this mean? So Peter begins to explain what it all meant. He quotes a long passage from the book of Joel, one of the earlier minor prophets, and notes that that prophecy of Joel was now being fulfilled at least in part. I believe Peter's to be a very significant sermon in many ways. In modern times, we lay less and less stress on the fulfillment of prophecy. I believe that to be a mistake. We have come to see the prophets more as forth-tellers than foretellers. In so doing, we have lost the most important truth, that God has a goal and that all history is moving toward that goal. This gives meaning to history. It is more than a haphazard jumble of events going only in circles. People need to hear that God is in control of things and that he is moving things toward the fulfillment of his purposes. Peter makes it clear that the Messianic prophecies were being fulfilled with the coming of Jesus and that he was indeed the hinge of history. B.C. and A.D. is perfectly in order. History hinges on Jesus. With the preaching of prophecy, we also begin to appreciate that eternity has invaded time. Eternity is involved in earth history. That's a fascinating thought. To think that the dimension we call eternity is somehow involved in man's and earth's history. Otherwise, history is almost meaningless. So Peter's sermon, the first Christian sermon, begins with the fact that prophecy is being fulfilled. God is involved in our time and in our space and is moving things along on schedule.
us a love so powerful that it can overcome greed, bigotry, and even cause us to love our bitterest enemy. He gave us his written word, which makes plain the way to have a close relationship with him. And the best part is all this is available to you. So it is up to you. What's new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.